Hello and welcome back. Thank you for joining us today as we walk shoulder to shoulder, growing in the love of the Lord and each other. I'm Pam Marvin. And I'm Megan Silas. And we're very excited about the topic that we have going for us, the themes we have right now. And the first one we're going to talk about is... It's about keeping confidences. Can you keep a secret? secret yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of times when we hear the term secret, it sounds a little bit like almost in a way negative or this idea that we're, we're trying to hide things that are or gossip yeah. or, yeah, or, you know, whatever bad or things like that. But I think more what we're really talking about is keeping confidences, being somebody who's trustworthy with the intimate, vulnerable information that somebody shares with you. Mm -hmm. And this is so important in relationship, right? We talked, you know, the last couple episodes that we did on the podcast, we talked about developing spiritual friendships, right? Yes. And a big part of that was growing in trust in each other, growing in the knowledge that you can bring to that person sensitive information about things in your life and know that that person is going to keep those close to their heart, is not going to betray your confidence, is going to, you know, help you navigate those things in your life. And if you don't have that trust, right. you can never really truly build intimate relationships. Right. You know, my one of my very wise daughters would uh, use the term when she was really working on this to be more of a virtue of keeping confidence she would say to herself, well, that's not my information to mm -hmm. give. Right. Like she would start to understand when it was her information to give and when it wasn't. And usually when it's about someone else, that's not your information to share. It's true, but sometimes it can actually get pretty complicated oh, because sure. when you're struggling in a relationship with somebody else and maybe, you know, you, there's things that are going on that are hurtful to you in the relationship, which may have their source in things that involve the intimate details of somebody else's lives, but it's profoundly impacting your life. Then sometimes this need of, I need to talk about this thing that's, that's going on in my life mm. in another relationship. But if I am honest about what's happening, then I'm also going to end up divulging information about this other person. It can get really uh, complicated, like I said, and, yeah. and difficult waters to navigate, but really important waters when it, as it relates to having good, healthy relationships. Yeah, you know, one of the most important tools that I came across on this topic was choosing that one person for that confidence. And then there's a criteria for that. Um, oftentimes for some of us, it is our spiritual guide mm -hmm. because our spiritual guide is not going to be picking a side. They listen well and they want your very best as well. So th there's no... Um, Talking to someone who's going to get on the bad wagon to kind mm -hmm. of bad mouth another person. Right. No, that's not the right person. You have to choose wisely. A very strong spiritual friendship mm -hmm. who wants your very best. And that's the ears are listening to is how to help you vent, but yet process and mm -hmm. help you to grow better. And again, that should be like one person, maybe two tops in your life that you would actually trust with that type of vulnerable information. That's true. And it, it really is a discernment process, right? Sure. Uh, you know, especially, you know, if you, you would hope that if you have a spiritual director or a spiritual guide that, you know, that would be built into the relationship, right? And and that's the role that that person is playing. And, and one of the beauties of that also is that um, that person is more likely to be removed from the situation in the sense of not 
like also friends with the other person that that you might be feeling compelled to share information about. Generally, yes. And so has a level of objectivity that is greater than it would be if you were within a friend circle. Um, but if you are thinking about, you know, sharing these things within a friendship, particularly a friendship where the other person, all the people are known by each other, that really does uh, require, I think, significantly more um discernment and you know trusting right it's the kind of thing where you really ought to have seen how this person that you are considering sharing a confidence with functions day to day in life uh, as far as you know being trustworthy Mm -hmm. someone who has guard over their mouth and and makes good decisions about the things that they say you know, because you know, just as the, the it says in, you know, the, in scripture, you know, if you're faithful in small things, you'll be faithful in large things. Right. And so if you know somebody who just tends to be a little looser with their tongue, like, you know, like, oh, I shouldn't have said that or, you know, you know like regularly falls into patterns of behavior where, you know, they're sharing things that they were like, oh, goodness, I shouldn't have said that. Or, you know, you hear something they say and you're like, hmm. They mm-hmm. probably could have kept that to themselves. You know, that's obviously a person that you're not going to want to mm-hmm. enter into uh, a relationship where you're going to be divulging a lot of things. Right. And I, one of the things that's developed in one of my friendships, a couple of my friendships, is that when you're going to speak about something that's very sensitive, um, we have this saying to make sure it's understood by the listener, hey, this is in the vault. As in, right. Yes. This yeah. is being this, explicit. That's right. And and really making sure that the friend knows this is highly sensitive information that you are to keep in the vault. <laughs> right. And and so to be explicit when you're giving that information to somebody else, but then also if someone explicitly says that to you, you know, really, this is between you and me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just I need to talk about this, but um, you know, please keep it to yourself. If you say yes to that, you are bound by that. And I just want to say right now, if you break that confidence that somebody is placed in you, you are in a state of sin. I'm just going to call that to betray the confidence of a person who has asked you to keep something to yourself is a sin. Absolutely. And we're going to dive a lot deeper into this subject on our next episode, because this is such a powerful one that needs exploring more. Yeah, absolutely. And and in reality is, is that there are many relationships have been destroyed by the breaking of a confidence. Right. Well, let's break that down as to what sin this really is then, Megan. So... To me, that goes back to the sin of vanity. Now, let's follow the string and the mm-hmm. line of thought is when someone has information that they can't keep to themselves and they have to like share it, there's a part of having the first person to know and being able to give that, which does what? It turns people's attention on you, which to me is that vanity. Oh, mm-hmm. look at me. Look at all this information I have. Isn't this amazing? Right. So you're getting more attention by giving some maybe salacious information or or something like that. So you're drawing more attention to yourself, which goes back to vanity. 
And also the sin of curiosity is all um, wound up in there. Like people who are like super curious. Mm-hmm. What What did you say? What do you mean? You know, if you have something, <laughs> what is it? There's a line from Steel Magnolias. Like if you've got something bad to say about somebody, come sit next to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, That's there true. are some great lines in that movie. <laughs> they <Wow>. really are. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hilarious at the same time. You know, right. that's part of human nature. Right. Yeah. And I can speak to this topic because I was kind of, I, I hate to say just naturally that way. That was totally me. And this has been something I've had to really work on um, to overcome. And again, one of it is it's not my information to give is one of my mm-hmm. my triggers. And just being very respectful. Well, why do I want to share that information? Is it just to make me feel better? To what end would I do that? Right. And why would I betray something? Because I've actually accidentally betrayed like that many years ago. Thanks be to God, she forgave me very easily. Um, but it was uh, information I didn't know that she didn't want shared. Right. And that's a different situation. I think we should speak to that specifically. Uh, maybe. But first, I did want to uh, bring in, yes, the sin of vanity may definitely be at play. But also, I think the sin of pride comes into oh, this sure. as well. And the reason I say that is because often when you see or hear something in someone else's life, that is, you know, maybe not in accordance with the teachings of the church or, you know, somehow is a, a example of human weakness or human woundedness. Sometimes our pride can come in and be like, well, I'm so glad that I'm not like oh, them, gosh, yes. right? That whole Pharisee thing yeah. where it's just like, praise be to God that I am not like that I'm person. I'm not as bad as they are. Right. And so mm-hmm. if you, you know, feel like you want to assert your pride and, you know, you're sitting in judgment of the other person's situation, then, it, you know, you might want to proclaim that in a way that betrays their confidence. And I think what we've both been talking about here is if you find that you have been a betrayer of confidences, that it really does require that you do some self-examination as to why do I do this? Mm -hmm. Like, what am I trying to accomplish when I do that? You know, what's behind it? And in the end, there is at its root a very significant selfishness because basically whatever it is that you come up with that you are trying to fulfill within yourself, you are doing it at the expense of another person, another person who you basically have told that you love. If they are trusting you with that information, they probably have gotten some indication from you that you really care for them and love them as a person. And so whatever that thing you're fulfilling that does that that you get out of sharing that information you're basically saying my own personal fulfillment is more important to me than being a witness of love in the life of another person right which you know Megan really is part of human nature to begin with but that's why i think that our uh, our own kind of thermometers try and temper those kinds of things to 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 know ourselves better that's one of the big things that we talk about a lot on the podcast is understanding ourselves because how Mm -hmm. can we be a good friend um, unless we understand our faults and weaknesses and how to perfect them. And that's why good friends also are there to help point that out for you, to help you grow that area. Such great friends can do that with such love. It's so beautiful. And that's something that actually I've um, done a couple times in friendships where somebody was coming to me and sharing information that I perceived was 
not necessary for there to share them to share with me. Um, I have said to some friends before, you know what? Um, I, I think that perhaps that information should be kept right. within the relationship that, you know, that you have and, and not shared with me. Yeah. I say um, it a different way. I say, I didn't need to know that. Right. <laughs> I didn't want to know well, that. But the thing about that is, <laughs> I, didn't I to know that. yeah, I'm kind of doing it more in a admonishing sort of way as a friend. It's for me to say, I didn't need to know that then basically is saying, well, don't tell me, but go ahead and tell somebody else. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm I trying see. to say that information might be best kept within the relationship that you're talking about. Right. And I have to say one of the biggest areas that I think that women fall in this area is information between you and your spouse. Oh, for sure. Because I know I have definitely, I'll straight up be honest, I have been guilty of sharing things that probably shouldn't have been shared about, you know, conversations that happened within my marriage Mm. that I just was like, man, you know, we had this conversation and this is what he said and this is what I said. And, you know, I, I'm guilty, frustrated by it or whatever. Like, you know, sometimes we do need to talk out these things. We need, we need to get a perspective of that trusted advisor, but by a trusted advisor. And, but I think sometimes when girlfriends get together, we can get into these like kind of kvetching sessions about our spouses. You know, that's an interesting thing to talk about too. Like, when is venting productive and when it's not. Right. Yeah. And I've actually brought this to confession before where, you know, I've said to the priest, I, I engaged in what I think is uncharitable speech because I felt the need to vent. Like I felt, I, I had something on my heart that was painful to me that was going on, you know, the way I've been treated or something like that. I needed to get it out. And so, you know, I spoke of it that, but it probably didn't, have to be shared and it was interesting to the priest's response and he was very much like affirmed that yes we do need to vent at times like that that's not necessarily a sin that you need to express your emotions you need to you know share what's on your heart what's what's troubling you but we need to look at what the spirit of the speech was, was this just, this is on my heart. This is what I'm struggling with. I'm I'm sharing the truth of a situation that may reflect badly on another person, but my intention in sharing it is not to reflect badly on another person. It is only to share how my heart is experiencing it. That's one thing. And you do that with, again, with a trusted person. But if you're sharing it and you're getting some kind of joy or catharsis or somehow a benefit from casting a negative light on the other person who's involved, then you're into a, a problem yeah, area. Yeah, you know, the scene that goes through my mind is when it's the friend who who perhaps is, is you know, say, venting about a relative and what they want you to do is agree with them and be on your their side and and affirm them and their anger toward that person. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we need to just let them vent and not try and choose a side, which is very important. Don't choose a side, just listen. Right, right. And and that's part of, you know, listening and receiving a confidence in a holy way. Um, and, and then the person who's doing the venting, again, if their goal is to try to 
martial forces against the other person that they felt wronged by, they're not just venting. That's that goes beyond venting. That that is actually trying to cast dispersion upon another person, mm-hmm. right? And, and to put them in a negative light for the purpose of shoring up your um, position or feeling like you're justified in your anger and and all that sort of thing. When you say dispersion, do you mean like a disparity or to, to yeah. de- detract from detraction? Okay. Yeah, you're trying you're okay. trying to cast them in a negative light so that you can feel justified in your anger and and in your sort of uncharitable thinking towards the other person. You want other people to confirm you mm-hmm. in your anger, right? It's so true. We do try and get people on our side to reinforce our negative feelings, mm-hmm. I guess, right. which is, I think you should stop and always pause at that moment. Um, and this is, this is from definitely personal self-reflection and hitting and crossing that, crossing that line where that was like, that was not beneficial to anyone in that conversation. And then mm-hmm. run to the foot of the throne at that point and ask the Lord's forgiveness and um, in regular that self-reflection that examined throughout the day almost that we can do mm-hmm. when, when we fall in like that and take it to the Lord over and over again for him right. to heal that part. Okay. So I acknowledge that was like over curiosity and some selfishness and pride um, to want to mm-hmm. put that person down to make myself feel bigger. Um, that's what dis- the disparaging or the mm-hmm. detraction, which is mm-hmm. a truth, but um, it still detracts from their human dignity so important that we're so aware of that because right. we want to really be um, good stewards of God's love in us and don't want to detract from the goodness or human dignity of another, even though there's always plenty for right. all of us. We're such broken people, you know, there's always plenty of that to go around, folks. But that's that is detraction is really not good too. I think that was the thing I didn't learn over time because, you know, people would have that that saying that says, what? It's true. You know? Right. right. Yeah. Just because something's true doesn't mean it needs to be shared. Exactly. I, I think um, there's, you know, these phrase, uh, you know, I want to be an open and honest person. Right. Of course. Okay. Uh, you can. That's good. But open and honest are two different things. Yes, we have to be honest 100 percent of the time. We can't be dishonest as Christians. That's that's incompatible. But we are not compelled to be open about everything at every time. Yes. Right. And so it is not dishonest to not share information. And But some people like they get that kind of confused. Right. And I and you, you know how you're saying, I think earlier that. Uh, something about, well, that's not my information to share. I've literally said that to people who are asking me questions about another person who they, they're trying to get information about another person. Like they're, they have curiosity about what's going on with another person's life. And I may know the answers. Right. And so somebody might feel that they're in a sticky wicket. If somebody says, ask you a point blank, direct question, about something you know the answer to, but you don't feel like you should share it. And some people get just like deer in the headlights and then blurt it out because they're like, they don't want to lie. Say that they don't want to lie by saying something that's incorrect or they don't want to lie by saying they don't know when they know. 
Yes, right? that's so. That was so me, right? And so that gives you. So then you're like, I was, oh, well, I was terribly I I just, honest. I gotta yeah, tell yeah. them because they asked me point blank. Right. I can't lie. No, you don't. I know you you don't. actually don't. What you can yeah. say, and I think this is helpful. This is a practical words to use. I'm sorry, that's not for me to share. Right. That's not mine to share. You if know, you really feel like you need to know and you want to ask that person directly and give them the opportunity to tell you or not tell you, please, you know, be my guest. Yes. This is not my information to share. You know, I actually had a priest coach me on this information before mm-hmm. uh, on this because it was like they got reassigned and they had that information and they're not supposed to divulge the information about being reassigned. So I walk up to him. And I say, oh, so I heard you've been reassigned um, to this location because that was all rumor at that point. Okay. Uh-huh. And he says, what do you mean? Where did you hear that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, you see how different that right, is? So yeah. he, he started giving me other language sure. to use that you're not like lying, but you are asking more questions and that therefore you're still not divulging any information. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't saying, oh, yeah, you're right. That's that's exactly what's happening. Right. He just he kind of skirted the question with questions. Mm-hmm. Although I really have no problem with being more direct, just saying mm-hmm. that's not my information to share. And, and and in a way, when you do that, it really does put to bed like the whole thing. That's like because sometimes when you start, if you engage to any degree, they're going to keep pushing, keep, you know, keep trying to get you to do more. And you might get oh, more and true. more uncomfortable. That's, that's, a good, that's a good point. Right. And then you, you start to feel like and then things start slipping. Right. That you didn't. You didn't intend to share, but then, you know, you got like confused or you got, you know, distracted and just something went out. So to just kind of put the, put the end to it right at the beginning, Mm -hmm. I think sometimes can be very helpful. And in a way it is also a teaching moment (laughs) to the other person that, that says there are things that are, you know, meant to be kept, you know, in a confidence and, you know, learn, I'm not going to be sharing things that aren't mine to share. I'm not a participant in gossip. It really does tell a person a lot about who you are when you acknowledge there's information that I may know that I am not going to share with you if it's not for you to know. Right. And in a way, it it, I think does actually protect you going forward from people who tend to and like to engage in the sin of gossip to try to draw you in because the the word kind of gets out, oh, you know, oh, you know, Pam isn't into that. Like Pam's not going to engage. So yeah. And so they don't try to engage you. And and oh, honestly, yeah. that's what, ideally what you want. You don't want to be people trying to draw you into gossip because it's always going to be a challenge to to try to graciously in a way that's not going to insult or damage the relationship of the person who's trying to draw you into it. Right. Uh, now to, what you to s- not engage. Right. What you said, just it, it actually played out. I mean, I've been working now in a secular environment for almost five years. And after about a year and a half of shutting down when people wanted to talk ugly about another person and when you can... S- consistently shut it down then over time they stop even trying to anymore which i'm happy i'm at that spot right now and one of the the beautiful things about it is is that it may like cut you off from conversations you know like you know water cooler talk over a period of time but 
what will tend to happen when you're known to be one of those people is when they need to share something that they want to hold in confidence, Mm -hmm. they come to you. That's exactly what I was going to follow up with. Right. Because now they will come and say, I have something I can't share with anyone here in the office. It's very sensitive, but I know that you will keep it to yourself. And and I do. People come in, they close the door behind them, and they can sit there and tell me this stuff. And the beautiful thing about that is it actually does open up a space a lot of times for us to minister to the heart of another, to bring Christ's love into a difficult situation that somebody else might be experiencing. And so we've set ourselves up then to be a gift to another person to be a conduit of God's love in a difficult time by shutting off those things. So it's almost like it reminds me of that whole deal where, you know, saying no here is really saying yes to something greater. Mm. When you say no to gossip, you are then saying yes most likely in the future to a more meaningful, more fruitful, more spirit filled encounter with people because you are known to be a person who is trustworthy. Right. Right. I want to like just share a tip with our podcast friends um, about if you do struggle with curiosity, uh, because this is something that I really have struggled with over the years. And when you start to feel it, and you know what it feels like, you get this, oh, I just kind of want to know. It's kind of like this grip that it gets on you. Stop at that moment and give it to the Lord and say, Lord, this is not of you, and this is not how you want me to respond in these situations. So would you please just take this advice from me, Lord Jesus? Right. And I think that's an important point to acknowledge that, you know, we've said many times on uh, this program that because God wants to work in relationships and he wants to do great good and through them, the enemy hates good, healthy relationships and he exactly. wants to destroy them. Yes. And so that impulse towards curiosity, unholy curiosity can be something that the enemy is placing in you to it say, is. because, yes. you know, he wants you to do do something that's going to damage relationships. Right. Divide, divide, divide. Right. So when you're saying like, not only can you ask the Lord to take it away from you, you can rebuke the spirit of curiosity that Amen. is from the enemy. Yeah, rebuke <laughs> it in the name of Jesus, cast it to the foot of the cross and say, I, you know, I rebuke you spirit of, curi- of curiosity in the name of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And I cast it to the foot of the cross. It will no longer have a hold on me and take that power that, that exists in, in, in God's grace and mercy and through the power of the Holy Spirit, because it's ours. It's ours by our baptism. And so when we're struggling and if we really, truly want to be free of it, you know, get serious about being free of it, That's not right. just be like, oh, I kind well, of the like first thing that. is recognizing it. So we're hoping that today's podcast is really um, that kind of flag that says, look, if you struggle with over curiosity, because I had to parse the difference between healthy curiosity, which is of intellectual matters, mm-hmm. as opposed to interpersonal kinds of curiosity. So it's okay if I want to go look up what kind of extraordinary bird I just saw that I've never seen before. (laughs) That kind of curiosity, that intellectual that that leads you closer to, well, for me, it's God's creation because like I'm all into plant ID, bird ID, (laughs) insect ID, things like that. So there's that healthy curiosity. So we want to make sure our listeners know there is a healthy aspect and a healthy side to it. What you're like for me, too, that's what drew me closer to the church. Well, why does a church teach what they teach about um, contraception? Why Mm. do they teach this about uh, infidelity and things like that? So there's a healthy curiosity, too. So we want to make sure we parse those out. 
Right. And I think you can pretty much uh, know that you're in a place of unhealthy curiosity if you are trying to mine for information, which requires other people to betray confidences. Mm. If you are seeking to get people to betray confidences, you are in a state of unhealthy curiosity looking for information that is no right for you to know. And that's when you can kind of get mm-hmm. that sense. So you can either be the person who's doing that or you can be the victim of a person who's trying to do that. And you need to identify it so that you can st- either stop doing it or stop participating in it. Oh, here's a, a perfect opportunity to flex that muscle. How many times have we been in conversations where our friend says, you know, I probably really shouldn't say Right. And, and then you encourage them. Oh, no, it's fine. Go no, I'll, on. I'll keep it to myself. That's I won't right. Share no, no, it. no. If they say that, it's like, then please don't. Right. Encourage them not to speak. Yeah, absolutely. That is such another That's a really good point. practical um, point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I, I do want to bring up a couple of other things that are one you brought up already, which is when you didn't know something was a confidence and you say it and then it was. And I will say this actually happened to me in my life as well. I shared something that I had no idea that the person wouldn't have wanted shared. And then it came back to me that they had found out that I had said this about them. It, it And it wasn't like derogatory or anything. It was basically just kind of something about uh, their, their views of the spiritual life. So it, it just, but I had no idea that it was mm. not something they wanted shared. And so the person like got so mad at me that I actually, um, said our friendship is done. I'm done wow. with you. Like, whoa, boom. That wow. was it. And so who was that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's not for you to know, Pam. That's right. In fact, in fact, I'm not even sharing all the details of it because, you, you know, people to know. Yeah, right. And sure. so, but the reality is, is that, I had to deal with that. And how did I deal with it? Like I was the betrayer of a confidence through no desire of my own, but it happened and it hurt the other person and they decided they wanted to end the friendship. And I really, really took this to prayer. It it was very early after my conversion to the Catholic faith. And so, you know, I really brought this to prayer about how I could deal with this. And So I think at first I was very mad. I was like, how dare you? Like, for something that I had no idea was an issue, you know, take such a drastic measure that you're going to end our friendship on something. Like, I felt like I was the one being wronged, that I had a a justifiable anger. And there was part of me that would just want to be like, fine, good riddance to you if you're going to be like that. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. But I was in, I, I remember very clearly, I went to adoration and I, you know, my heart was really hurting about it. And, you know, I put it before the Lord as like, Lord, you know, what are you asking me in this moment? What do you want from me? And he, you know, really spoke very clearly to my heart. He said, you know, right now in this time and in this place in your life, how you respond to this is going to be a major witness to this person about who I am. Mm. And so you need to do whatever it takes to heal that relationship. And if that means groveling and asking for forgiveness that you didn't even necessarily feel like you should have to ask for forgiveness for because you didn't do anything intentionally wrong, too bad you do it. Mm -hmm. And it was at first I was like, 
it was hard. I was like, are you kidding me? Really? No, I, you know, she, that's how you know, it's really God. Right. You don't want to do it. Exactly. <laughs> but I did. I like, I wrote her, I wrote her emails. I wrote her, I called her. There was time and time that it wasn't like answered. And eventually, like, I just, you know, when I said, can we please get together and I will, you know, if whatever you need to hear from me in a, in, in terms of apology for, for having hurt you, I am happy to give because it wasn't my intention. And eventually we did actually meet and got to um, heal things a bit. Uh, but it was hard. It was mm-hmm. hard to feel like. I had, I was feeling like I had been wrong because I didn't do anything intentionally, but this is the reality. Like, you know, I want to step in here for a second and just, um, kind of reflect on what you did because what you did at that point of, um, let's say there was a a minor trauma because this Mm -hmm. is really hurtful that this all happened. Someone was injured and you were the point of the injury. Right. What you did was beautiful. And I encourage all of our uh, listeners that when you feel wounded, hurt at the point of the uh, trauma, however small or great it might be, run to adoration. That is one of the best things you can do is run to adoration when you are feeling open, vulnerable, hurting, because the Lord wants to be in there. Because it's like, it's you've opened up and Mm -hmm. he can, the surgeon can get in there and really start to speak some truth to you to help you heal. Right. And I mean, I think, uh, So often when we are in relationships that have had a rupture and there is a lot of hurt and pain and and you just you sometimes you do want to just say to heck with it. Right. I'm just fine. I, I, you know, I wash my hands of you. Right. But that's that's never going to in the end bring peace to your heart. It's not going to be a witness to God's love. And, but and it may be hard and you just need to understand that God's going to be in that and trust that he's going to work through it with you. And as long as you really just keep going to that throne of grace, and sometimes you might have to go again and again and again and again to, to seek the grace. And he knows how long you need that refinement. He knows how long, you know, you can take and w- how to meet that out. So it really, in, in those situations, does come down to trust. And we're going to talk about this more because we're going to do a whole show about when your own confidence has been breached yeah. and how to deal with that. But the last thing I wanted to do before we uh, wrap up this show about can you keep a secret is a very tricky situation when somebody's asking you to keep a secret about something that's potentially places them in harm. Mm. Like if I'd say, for example, say they share with you that they're being abused by their spouse and they're staying in that and not getting help. And you're really concerned for their safety. How do you deal with that kind of situation where, you know, you don't want to betray their confidence, but then you're actually really frightened for their safety or their mental well-being or, Mm -hmm. or, or anything like that. Uh, any thoughts on that? Well, it, what sticks out most of all is that when safety is a concern, um, I, for instance, if you'd come to me and said you were in that kind of situation, I would try and coach you to get help. But at some point I'd say, I want you to know that I'm going to go seek help for you and be very full disclosure about mm-hmm. it. Um, I am going to 
do my best to get you help. Even if you're not going to seek it, I'm going to seek it or I'm going to let them know. But to disclose it fully to the person that's having the issue first. Right. Um to have full open confidence with them. Mm -hmm. And I do think that sometimes we are going to have to uh, understand that if we have to make a choice like that to betray a confidence because of our love for the other person and our real concern for the other person, Mm -hmm. they may not appreciate (laughs) that immediately or even ever in your lifetime. And it may actually destroy your relationship, but if you truly feel convicted that you have a responsibility for love of them to take an mm-hmm. action that betrays a confidence, you have to be willing to endure the pain and difficulty of their, you know, anger, disappointment, you know, hurt. Yes. If you really, truly feel convicted that it's you're acting out of love of the other. Right. And and I can tell you from experience having teenagers, this comes up often if my child comes to me and says, Mom, my friend's doing drugs and it's getting really bad. What should I do? Mm-hmm. Um, I always coach them to talk to their friend, um, to talk to their parents about it first. But that at some point it has to be escalated and let them right. know, look, if you don't talk to your parents, I need to or my mom's going to. Right. So you need to talk to them about that. This comes yeah. up a lot for teenagers. That's a really good point. Um, and and that I think that openness, that honesty with a person that that you are upfront with them before you do it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the key. Yeah. It, it. And I will also say I have had a couple of incidences where I shared things about another person's situation because it had to do with me. And really I was talking about how I'm dealing with a situation, but it involves somebody else's thing. And I didn't necessarily know I was going to have that conversation ahead of time, but it did happen. I will circle back and tell the friend, look, I want you to know that because I got in this circumstance, this conversation and I, I felt I needed to share about something that was going on with me that involved a situation with you. I did share that. So I want you to know that I shared that. And if, if that is a bothersome to you, or if that hurts you in any way, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't intend to do that in any way to divulge information about you, but I just want you to know, because honestly, like the worst way to learn that something's been divulged about you is through a, the grapevine or, or not directly from the person who, who spoke those words. So, you know, if you find yourself in a situation where you're like, oh man, I shouldn't have said that, right? I should not have like shared that information. Like if you slip up. Yeah, go apologize to own the person. Own up to it. Absolutely. Just own up to it, yeah. you know, because you're in such a better place if you come forth and are honest and ask for the forgiveness ahead of time, mm-hmm. like, then if you, if they find out about it later and you, like, tried to hide from it. So true. So true. So, so Megan, can you keep a secret? I can. I, you know, I pray, I, I pray that I can too now after years of work of trying mm-hmm. to overcome that. And for me, it truly was that little desire for attention, you know, like, oh, come sit next to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've got right. some information, right? Mm-hmm. Well, um, my brothers and sisters, we are so happy that you could join us with this episode on how can you keep a secret? So why don't you stay tuned? Right. But I would also say 
don't keep a secret of the podcast. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> if, if it blesses you, uh, please share it, like mm-hmm. it on Facebook, uh, any of those ways of, of getting it out there. We'd love for more people to be blessed uh, by, you know, what we talk about here and to just have more and more healthy, holy relationships in this world. Until next time, thank you for walking shoulder to shoulder with us. God bless. God bless. <laughs>